I didn't get one in there for tonight. It never came through. The miracle of technology, I did it at home, and uh, it never made its way here. It'll be here tomorrow, but the one for tonight uh, is not available, so we, we don't even have to have that up there. No PowerPoint tonight, so that's not it. Uh, the scripture for tonight, the title of the message tonight, by the way, is Four Keys to Safety in Trouble. This might be a message that you need tonight that might be especially for you. Four Keys to Safety in Trouble. And the message itself comes from one verse from the book of Isaiah, one very simple verse where God speaks rather directly uh, to his people and says this for thus says the Lord God the Holy One of Israel in repentance and rest you will be saved in quietness and trust is your strength but you were not willing you'll hear that verse more than once tonight and hopefully uh, this will come home to you in a very real way. Uh, I'm going to tell you sort of a testimony tonight, as much as I can tell you, uh, because this verse uh, the Lord used to speak to me personally. I remember the first time uh, that God spoke to me uh, from this verse. It was a time of terrible personal trial. I was under vicious attack from an individual who seemed intent on destroying me and my family. Uh, I was sort of caught off guard by the whole thing, to tell you the truth. It was something I didn't expect. Uh, I guess I was naive uh, at that point in my life. I was 40, probably 41, 42 years old, but I just didn't think things like that happened, especially in the church. It was something I didn't understand. It was something strange and dark and discouraging. Even now, when I try to tell the story, I, I struggle because I know how dark the darkness was, so I'm not surprised the PowerPoint didn't show up, and how helpless I was to do battle against it. I was dealing with a person, a plot, and a plan that this individual was working in conjunction with others to destroy me personally. And so the question I had for the Lord, Lord, what am I going to do here? What, what should I do? How do I respond? Uh, should I approach this person lovingly and seek to, to mend the situation and, and clear the air? I guess every pastor has one of those times in his ministry when the devil pulls out all the stops to take him down. And, and this concerns that time for me when the enemy came against me and mine and my discouragement was overwhelming. Well, how do I remember all these things and how do I connect them with this verse? Well, as you might already know about me, I write things down. Sometimes I write them in the margin of my Bible out beside a verse, or I write them in my journal, or they're recorded in some sermon uh, that relates to that specific time when God spoke to me from the verse and I preached the sermon because God was speaking to me from the verse and I was hoping he was speaking to somebody else that I was preaching to, and uh, so in, in this case, it's in all of those places, in devotional books and various places, there are records of, of what God was doing in my life at this time and this crisis. If I, if I told you the whole story, you'd find it hard to believe. As a matter of fact, I don't really like to tell it, 
because it renews the trauma in my own life, and it was, it was far and away the most traumatic time in my ministry. Sometimes at home we'll walk back through the process of what happened. Uh, the one thing that we know is that what happened was inevitable. It was going to happen no matter what. We see that looking back. It was all beyond our control, how, although it was wrapped in God's sovereignty. The one, the one variable, though, in the set of circumstances was how was I personally going to respond to my word from the Lord, Isaiah 30, 15, which was my direct word from the Lord in response to the situation, how was, what was I to do? The Lord said, in repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. That was my assignment from the Lord. So what I'm telling you tonight and what I'm trying to offer you, these four keys to safety and trouble, relate to how I disobeyed my word from the Lord and how it made matters worse. I wish I could tell you what things might have been like had I obeyed the Lord, but I wasn't, and I'll never know what God might have done to deliver me from the cascading difficulties that would follow my disobedience. But before I tell you more, I need to give you the context of this verse and what was going on in the lives of God's people because when you, you, you don't just pick a verse out of Scripture and claim it and use it, there's always a context to it. There's always a story behind it. And really, the story really relates more to your life than you know. And so let me show you this story in the Scripture. So the background of this is there's an evil king. Uh, he's an Assyrian king who came against God's people. He was a vicious, merciless destroyer of cities and kingdoms, and in such a moment, God's people felt they needed to reach out for surrounding kingdoms to help. They needed a little help, and so when you need a little help, who do you call? Ghostbusters? No, you call God, but they, they called Ghostbusters, and, and in this case, it was they needed an Assyrian buster, and the Assyrian buster was the king of Egypt, and so they made an alliance with Egypt and Pharaoh. Uh, cutting a deal with Pharaoh to come to their aid. But they made that decision without consulting God. So this is, this is what God said in response to their decision. While this is still not uh, my word from the Lord, we'll get to that in just a moment again, it sets it in context, allow, allowing you to see what was happening in the moment that God spoke this word to his people and help you better understand what God might be saying to you and certainly what he said to me. They were in terrible trouble. A horrific danger hung over their heads like a dark cloud. And so in their panic and desperation, they reached out for help to Egypt. They called on Egypt. They called on Pharaoh. And this is what God said in the first verses of the 30th chapter of Isaiah. Tonight, most of the verses I'm going to read from this point are going to come from the New Living Translation. They're really easy to understand, really clear. You shouldn't shouldn't get confused about anything that God might be saying to you tonight. So this is what God said. What sorrow awaits my rebellious children, says the Lord. You make plans that are contrary to mine. You make alliances not directed by my spirit, thus piling up your sins. For without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt for help. You have put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. 
You have tried to hide in his shade, but by trusting Pharaoh, you will be humiliated, and by depending on him, you will be disgraced. For though his power extends to Zoan and his officials have arrived in Hanes, all who trust in him will be ashamed. He will not help you. Instead, he will disgrace you. So I want to ask you tonight, have you ever made plans that are contrary to God's? Have you ever made a decision without consulting him? Have you ever acted in direct contradiction to God's guidance? But you have to understand where they were, after all. They were pressed. They were desperate. Something had to be done. Some action had to be taken. That's what they thought in their circumstances. And that's what I thought in mine. What was God's clear guidance to his people? What was the thing of which they, uh, uh, that they knew, of which he reminded them? What is the word that they disobeyed? Well, that's the word that we're looking at tonight. And so it might be a verse especially for you. And so I'm going to read that same verse, Isaiah 30, 15, the one that I've already quoted to you twice. I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation, the same verse. This is the main verse for tonight, Isaiah 30, 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, Only in returning to me and in resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. There you have what God said to them. And there you have what God said to me. And tonight, no doubt, this is what God is saying to some person here. It's what God is saying to you in your circumstances. Remember, it com comes in the context. It comes in the context of a time of trouble when decisions must be made and actions must be taken. Things seem seem necessary to be done, or the ship will sink, the thing will fail, the crisis will deepen. And so, in this verse, Isaiah thirty fifteen, there are four keys to safety in trouble. And you see them, they're there. You, I don't even have to list them for you. If you can't see them, you're not looking at the verse. The first one is repentance. Repentance is a return to God. They needed to return to God because they had trusted in and depended on that which was other than him. In any crisis, your first step toward deliverance is repentance. There's nothing like a crisis, as you well know, to quicken the conscience. A conscience quickened is one, where, is one where sin has been identified, uh, not only what sin is, but what that sin has done, what it has caused, and what it has cost. That might be where you are tonight. You're in some trouble, and the Spirit of God is showing you the road map out of it, the place of safety in the midst of it, and the first key to safety in trouble is repentance. God is saying, return to me. God once said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 19, he said, if you return, I will restore you. He said that to one of his own prophets. He says that to preachers sometimes, as we well know. He also says that to everybody else. If you return, I will restore you. So what needs to be restored in your life, in your circumstances, the first step toward restoration is repentance. The first key to safety in trouble is repentance, a return to God. So, in my own personal circumstances, I, that is exactly what I was trying to do. I was seeking to adjust my life to God, 
At that particular point in time, I was working through Experiencing God Day by Day by Henry Blackaby. I went back and opened the book again to look and see the, the notes I had jotted down. And then some years later, I was going through the same thing again, saw other notes I jotted down, saw the day that Tara Stringfella, Tara Vi Stringfella called me on the telephone. She was the first person that called me from First Baptist Church, Loosedale, saying you were looking for a pastor. That's recorded in Experiencing God Day by Day with this other mess that was going on some years before that. But I was working through it. I wanted my life to be in tune with God. It was not as if I was living in rebellion. I was not, but I was living under an attack by the enemy. He knew I was seeking to be what God wanted me to be, and I'm, I'm convinced that that was part of the reason for, their, for the attack. There were things the, that the devil did not want to take place in my life or in the church. God was calling me to return to him. I could see it. I could sense it. And all the while, the devil was trying to counter what God wanted to do in me and what God wanted to do through me. Repentance, I understood that. I was ready for that. I suppose that in the crisis of the moment, God's people in Isaiah's day understood their own need for repentance. Most of us do. Repentance is the easy part of this word from the Lord. You say, how is repentance easy? Well, it's easier than some of this other stuff we're going to talk about, and it's the first key to safety and trouble. The second one, the second one is a little more difficult. It's rest. Now, this relates to the crisis, whatever it is in your life and your response to it. It's, it's, it's lying down in the face of your crisis, and it's laying down your crisis, releasing it to God. It is taking your hands off the matter and laying it at the feet of another. It is leaving it alone and not touching it. It's not trying to fix it. It's not addressing it. It's not pretending the matter doesn't exist, but it is bringing yourself and the problem to God. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You might translate that this way for yourself. Come unto me, everybody that's got a bad problem, and I will give you rest. If you're in trouble, I will give you rest. If you're in the middle of a crisis, come to me, and I will give you rest. Rest is something you can only find at the feet of Jesus. It's something you can't acquire anywhere but in his presence. Therefore, the, the order of the wording is not without a purpose. Repentance first, a return to the Lord, then rest, staying there, remaining in his presence, hiding yourself under the shelter and shadow of his wings. Now, make no mistake, there are calls for courage in the Bible when it is time to do battle, when it is time to walk out and face Goliath with, with a sling and five smooth stones. There is that moment. And there are times when the, when the Bible clearly says, and more times than not, if you'll remember, more times than not when the Bible clearly says, this battle is not yours. This battle belongs to the Lord. The call to rest is a call to surrender the battle into the hands of another. That's what God was calling me to do. In other words, leave it alone. Don't touch it. Don't watch it. Don't follow it. Don't worry about what the person is saying or doing. Leave the battle to me. But I have to tell you, like those people did, you know, they had to say, well, you know, there's, something's got to be done here. Something's got to be done. You know, you, 
you get to pawing around and, and thinking about it. Uh, this was a direct assault on me and my family. It was an attack on my reputation. It was very personal to me. Not only were there spiritual threats involved in this battle, there were physical threats to me and my family. The thing was so bad that the other party so feared that he might shoot me that he took his weapons to a person and ask them to hold them for him and lock them away so he couldn't use them. These were the things that I was facing at the time. And I remind you that these threats came not from outside the church, but from inside the church. What is a man to do in, in the case of such threats against himself and his family? Well, the, the Lord's word to his people in Isaiah's day had been, for thus says the Lord, in repentance and rest you will be saved, in quietness and trust is your strength. That was also God's clear and personal word to me during these days in my ministry. So the Lord gave me these keys to safety and trouble. First, repentance, then rest. Then the third key to safety and trouble was this, quietness. Quietness. The word quiet means undisturbed. Do you know how hard it is to be quiet and undisturbed when your whole world is falling apart? This same word, by the way, is used in the book of Ruth. Uh, exactly the same Hebrew word. When Ruth uh, is told by Naomi, uh, there's a man named Boaz, and he's one of our closest relatives, and so he can help you. And what you need to do, young lady, is you need to go and you need tonight to lay down at his feet you just lay, lay yourself down at his feet and you do whatever he tells you to do. And Ruth had this remarkable experience with Boaz. He was so kind and so gracious. And, and she comes home and, and tells Naomi all that Boaz promised and how he promised that he would take care of her, although the matter was still not done. And so Naomi encouraged Ruth to act in faith in his promise. But this is what she said. Sit still. Sit still. Don't do anything. Let him take care of it. Don't get involved in it. Don't worry about it. Don't put your hands on it. Don't manipulate the circumstances. Sit still. And here in Isaiah 30, 15, that same word is translated quietness. It is sitting still. In Psalm 46, 10, the Lord says, Be still and know that I am Lord and know that I am God. Some translations translate that, as you know, that be still, they translate it, cease striving. The word means to sink down, to abandon, to forsake, to refrain, to do nothing, to be quiet. For me, one of the most agonizing moments in Scripture, uh, in a Scripture story, is when Saul, who became king, such a humble man in the beginning, after being encouraged by Samuel to wait on God, he said, Samuel said, always wait on me, wait for me to come, wait for me to come and make the sacrifice, wait for me and let's see what God's going to say and what God's going to do, but always wait for me, and by waiting on me, you'll be waiting on God. And Saul, while he was waiting on Samuel and waiting on God, took stock of his circumstances. While he was waiting on God, his army was losing confidence in his leadership, pressed on every side to do something. He did something besides waiting on God. And it was the greatest mistake of his life. 
You'll also remember what we've been looking at in discipleship training in the Red Sea Rules. We looked at a portion of this scripture tonight, so I want to read it to you from uh, Exodus 14. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, beginning in verse 9 and through verse 14. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Pahaharoth, across from Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They panicked. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. That's how they felt in that moment. It's a desperate moment, a troublesome moment, a perilous moment. Trapped between the onrushing army of Pharaoh and the waters of the Red Sea. But Moses told the people, verse 13, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue today, rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Well, this third key to safety and trouble is simply stand still, just stay calm, just, just be quiet. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, you see all these circumstances around me. You see, you see what's happening. You see what's happening day by day and week by week. What should I do? And the Lord said, in repentance and rest, you will be saved, and in quietness and trust is your strength. There's another part to that verse. But you were not willing, and I was not willing. I just thought I had to do something. And so what did I do? Well, I had talked to my wife about it. I said, I, need, I think I need to talk to this man. I think I just need to go and talk with him. I think I need to clear the air. I just think I need to share my heart with him, tell him that I love him, tell him all the things that I feel like from my heart. You know me. I just want to share my heart. I just want you to know I love you, bro. I just, and I did. I went to talk with him. Sincerely that I, humbly, quietly, and privately, and it was the worst mistake of my life. Instead of soothing the situation, my very presence proved to pour gas on the fire. From that point forward, a cascading disaster ensued that brought grief to me, it brought grief to my family, and it brought grief to the church. Eventually, the other person's problems came to light. Whatever is spiritual or emotionally unbalanced that existed in his life became clear. But the situation was never resolved in a way, as we talk tonight, that brought glory to God because... Ultimately, I was not willing to use that fourth key to safety in my trouble, and that is trust. In repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. Now, I'm assuming that somebody's listening tonight who's heard me loud and clear. You have a situation in your life. God has spoken to you about it. He told you what to do. And you're not willing to do it either. Your verse may not be the same as mine, but the keys are the same, especially this one. Trust. Trust. Let God take care of it. Let God take care of you. Trust God's promise. Trust God with your life. Trust God with your family. Trust God with your future. Failing to trust Him will open your life up 
to hurt and heartache. Trusting Him will open the full measure of His power to you in your circumstances. Trusting Him will open doors that are closed and seem unable to be opened. Quietness and trust is not weakness. He says, in quietness and trust is your strength. Whatever you do other than that is weakness and disaster. I should have done nothing, not one thing. I should have put my hands in my pocket and said, God, you told me you were going to take care of this, and I'm going to let you take care of it the way you choose to take care of it. God, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to worry about it, and I'm certainly not going to step in and try to fix it myself. But I did, and it didn't work. I never read Isaiah 30, 15, that I don't go back and relive those days and my actions and the results that followed. And the only reason I'm bringing this up to you tonight is that this week, Isaiah 30, 15, was in my daily Bible reading, and I had to confront it again. I will always wonder what might have happened had I simply been faithful to this promise in this verse and not the prediction. The promise is God will take care of everything. But the prediction is, the prediction is that some of you got this same promise and you won't be willing either. You won't do what God wants you to do. You won't let God take care of the problem. So will you be willing to follow these four keys to safety in the midst of your trouble, whatever it is, repentance and rest, quietness and trust. Who you're trusting? Who are you going to call? You're going to call the king of Egypt? No. You're going to call God. Say, God, here I am. You see the mess I'm in. Will you help me? And he says, I will. <laughs> 